Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Tuesday Night Podcast Club with me, Jess. This week's episode, we'll be recapping and reviewing the Something Rhymes with Purple podcast with Susie and Giles. The Sutton Rhymes with Purple podcast is hosted by the fabulous Susie Dent and Giles Brandra. Susie Dent is a lexicographer, etymologist, and of course, she's most famous for her long-standing career in the Dictionary Corner on both Countdown and Catch Does Countdown. Giles is a broadcaster, writer, and a former politician. They use their podcast to discuss the origins of a different type of word every week, it's like a different topic of words. So I guess it falls into the educational category for the change and I think it's super interesting. It's not something I'd listen to every week but I do love to learn something new and every time I've listened to this show so far I have learned something. So it definitely covers that base and the episode I'm covering today was on the origin of words from one of my all-time favourite topics. So that was definitely interesting for me. Some of the topics that they've covered have been the origins of a ploughman's lunch the world of words in the language of computers, and even boardroom dancing terms. The show definitely has something to pique everyone's interest, so if you fancy learning something new about the language we speak whilst listening to your endless podcasts, this might be one to add to your list. So before we move on, just in case people don't know what Susie's job title means, um, she's a lexicographer, which is a person who puts together dictionaries, and an etymologist, which is someone who studies the origin of words, which is why this podcast does what it does. I do actually love a bit of countdown, more so the numbers, but I do like Susie Dent, so she's definitely a plus for this show off the top. In this episode, I'll be covering, it's called Tufty, which is affectionately named after Susie's first dog, a Springer Spaniel, as the show is on the etymology of dog breeds from all over the world. Yay! So, before they get onto the dog chat, one thing I found interesting that these two talk about is the fact that some sayings in the English language are becoming obsolete as generations pass. So, I actually always use really weird sayings and, like, phrases I feel a lot of the ones I use are like old Scouse ones that I've picked up from my mum and my nan over the years. And I know a lot of other people who use similar sayings, so I don't feel like any of these are really aging out of our language. But maybe we're just a really nostalgic city who don't like to let things like that go. One of my favourites is always one that annoyed me growing up, but the minute I moved out into my own apartment with housemates, I started saying it like it was going out of fashion. I was saying, it's like Blackpool Illuminations in here if just one light was left on, which realistically fell on deaf ears because I didn't live with anyone from England and that saying is only really understood by people from the north of England, possibly even just the northwest. So, yeah, that was pointless. Another one of my favourite scout sayings is if I don't see you through the week, I'll see you through the window. 
Like, what does that mean? I've definitely had it said to me before, but who knows? I love hearing the heritage of old sayings, so I did look into what the host was saying, and I'd done a bit of side digging to find a poll that was conducted in early 2022 in the UK about sayings that are being forgotten about. So of 2,000 people that were interviewed, 68% said that they'd never heard or used the phrase, know your onions, and 78% have never used the phrase, pearls before swine. I feel that 71% said that they'd never used colder than a witch's tit. In all honesty, I've never heard of any of these either, so I had to look them up to see what they meant. Apparently, know your onions is to be experienced or knowledge in a subject, so I could have guessed that one. Pearls before swine means to give or offer something valuable to someone who doesn't understand its value. And colder than a witch's tit means... I feel like I might have heard this one, just that it's extremely cold, so again, could have guessed that one. Susie points out after discussing the dying science that it would be normal with world changes because we develop new ones that old ones become obsolete, the more relevant to the world today and a perfect example of this that she gives is Netflix and Chill, which is now world recognised as an innuendo all over the world in the English language, so she's not wrong there. So now we get to talk about what I always want to talk about, dogs. I love dogs so, so much. They're so pure and we don't deserve them. That being said, the episode we're covering isn't just talking about the abnormal level of cuteness that dogs offer us. It's actually about the origin of the names of the breeds. I'm going to start with the best of Susie's because obviously she's got the most knowledge ever and then I googled a couple more of my own favourite breeds because what's an episode without my sad Google and taking me an extra two days? She first tells us that all the breeds she talks about are eponyms, which honestly, another word I love because it sounds clever, but I didn't know the meaning of it. And if you're as dim as I clearly am, it means something that's named after someone, something or somewhere else. Now, let's talk pups. The first dog that Susie tells us about is the name behind Spaniel. It comes from the French word uh, for Spanish, which is Espanol. It literally means Spanish dog in French, so I can't imagine why it doesn't have an actual Spanish name if it's a Spanish dog, but I digress. The Labrador is then named after the Canadian provincial region of Labrador that it was originally bred in. And the Dachshund, which are now just adorable, essentially little handbag dogs, were actually bred to chase badgers, which I honestly imagine are the same size. And with those tiny little legs, where are you going anywhere, you little sausage? Anyway, it literally translates to badger dog, which not as cute as simple old sausage dog. The Doberman has a weirder history. It was actually named after a German man called Louis Doberman, who went round houses collecting taxes and wanted a tough working dog to take with him. So basically, he wanted to appear more aggressive in his job by taking a cute but I can see how some people will find scary dog with him. My absolute favourite that Susie tells us about is the St Bernard. Straight away, they're always the cutest, slobberiest fluffballs. But listen to this. They're said to be named after St. Bernard's Pass, which is between Switzerland and Italy. And it famously has like a super rough terrain. And the dogs will go on this pass where people famously like got lost and whatever, abandoned, stranded, whatever the word is. And they rescued loads of lost monks and travellers along the way. And that's when Susie made me take a cry break because she told me they actually are rescue dogs and they do dig through snow to find people stuck. 
and then what they do is they lay on top of them to give them body heat and now I'm gonna cry again because that's so cute <gasps> and a terrier because it's a terrier isn't it that goes back to uh, the French a chien terrier which means earth dog because they were very good at burrowing So next up is the Corgi, which is named after the Welsh for dwarf dog. And isn't that just the cutest? Corgis always remind me of Captain Holt's dog Cheddar in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's one of my favourite shows ever. And if you know, you know. That's not Cheddar. That's just some common bitch. <laughs> Another adorable story is the origin of the Chinese Shih Tzu, which means little lion. Oh. A Tibetan legend said that the god of learning could turn Shih Tzus into lions to protect them on their travels. And I am now obsessed. I'm looking at all Shih Tzus in a different way going forward, like tiny little lions. And not to be a little dog sleater, but if you've ever met a Shih Tzu, they definitely are feisty little guys. My own research started with a dog my mum constantly tells me about that she knows called Willow. My mum's also a crazy dog person like me and knows all of the dogs on a daily morning run as though they're mates. She's been telling me about Little Willow with the giant ears since she was a puppy and you have to Google coonhound puppies. Turns out they're American dogs which were bred to hunt raccoons. That part I don't love but oh my god they're adorable puppies and I'm obsessed. Another I found which was quite a weird name is the Dandy Dinmonteria. This is apparently the only dog breed ever to be named after a fictional person, a character from Sir Walter Scott's novel, Guy Mannering. I googled these and they kind of look like a scruffy Westie in a cute way. I'll put a picture on the Instagram afterwards. I think all this goes to show different parts of the world have a different system for naming their dogs. The Germans tend to name this mostly literally after what they were bred for, whereas the Canadians and Americans follow their famous patriotism, naming their breeds mostly after the places of origin. There are obviously exceptions to this, and that's quite a lazy stereotype, but it seems to lean more that way. I could carry on all day telling you about dog breeds, but I'll let Susie give you one more on the beautiful breed of Great Danes, and then we'll move on to the next segment of their show. Great Danes, actually, there is a Danish connection in there, but it's likely that they came from Germany and they've had lots of different names over their history there. So German Mastiff, German Boarhound, for example. But the Great Dane is said to have come about when a Frenchman who was a naturalist saw similar dogs in Denmark and believed them to be a Danish version of the Greyhound, believe it or not. I mean, a much, much bigger one, obviously. But uh, yeah, ultimately from Germany. So the next segment of their podcast usually follows a regular weekly format of correspondence from their listeners. Sometimes I touch on this, sometimes I don't. It depends how relevant it is to the episode. This is a weekly part of their format. So I will cover the emails that they had. There was only two uh, that they brought up. The first one, um, based around the title of the show being Something Rhymes With Purple, Susie's famously a linguistic expert. She'd be the person to ask what you could rhyme with purple if you needed to know. Um, It's one of them words that's hard to rhyme, a little bit like orange. Someone wrote in to ask why they don't allow myrtle or turtle. I'm sure it's because it doesn't rhyme, dummy. Don't ask why that annoyed me enough to mention it, but don't be so silly, that's not a literal rhyme. It vaguely sounds similar. 
Anyway, the second email was from a school teacher and her year nine students who asked about the difference between yours faithfully and yours sincerely on a letter or email. Giles takes the explanation on this one that sincerely is someone you know personally so you can put sincere trust in them with whatever the letter contains and the yours faithfully is something or someone you aren't personally acquainted with but that you simply put on good faith in to get whatever you need out of this letter. I get that but it still doesn't help with the old work email sign off with is it kind regards warm regards or is it just regards is that too passive aggressive who knows maybe i'll get in touch with advice on that one myself so the final segment of every week episode of this podcast is called the trio segment which is where susie gives giles three words he may not know or have come across otherwise i always find this interesting i like when learning new words i find it funny when they've got like odd meanings or sound funny to say so the ones that Susie gives us this week are light toties which is an ironic understatement for example buying a pair of shoes for like 10 grand and then saying oh they weren't the cheapest shoes I've ever bought dactology which is talking with your fingers for example sign language and finally blunder a whack which is someone who carelessly causes a complete disaster I love that one. I think that's hilarious. I actually, like I say, love weird, unusual words or ones that sound funny, have odd meaning. So this inspired me to see you all out this week with three words of my own that you may not have heard of if I wasn't here to save the day. First up is windershins, which is something moving in the wrong direction. Like, oh look, that clock's ticking windershins. One I couldn't pass up on is Collywobs. Weirdly, my nan calls me granddad this. His name's Colin. But maybe I won't tell her the actual meaning because for a fun-sounding word, it actually means bad bellyache and comes from cholera morbus. So, yeah, it's a cute nickname for cholera. Take what you will from that, but don't get the Collywobbles, will ya? And finally, a Biblophobia, which is a fear of running out of things to read, which made me wonder if there's a word for the fear of running out of podcasts to listen to, because I think I might have it. A podless world of phobia. So let's wrap up this week's episode with the review for the Tuesday Night Podcast Club rating scale. I did already mention that this isn't something I'd necessarily listen to on a weekly basis. But honestly, that's just because I have so many favourites on top of the episodes I've got to listen to for recording purposes. So I don't have the chance to constantly be up to date with it or every show that I'd like to be. That being said, if you do enjoy an educational show, the history of language or just something a bit more low-key and relaxing to unwind to, this is a show to add to your list for that reason. So I'm going to give it a three on the scale for absolutely must listen someday. Thank you so much for listening to episode 9 of the Tuesday Night Podcast Club. As always, find us on Insta at Tuesday Night Pod or email Tuesday Night Podcast Club at gmail.com for suggestions, comments, questions or complaints. See you next week. Bye.